AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. When you're talking about phones using AI, first off, they already are, okay? These are already AI machines. And if you have AI tied to an AV system in your conference rooms and it's constantly listening, gathering information, how is that information going to be used? Who's watching The Watcher? Who's listening to The Listener? We knew that we had to monitor our enemies. We also come to realize that we need to monitor the people who are monitoring them. Well, who's going to monitor the monitors of the monitors? Where does your AV gear come from? AI Embedded AV. And certified in all the video conferencing systems. All that and more next on AV Week. This is AV Week, episode 648, recorded Friday, January 19th, 2024. Who watches The Watcher? This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of the biggest news and information for the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, from parts unknown, Dawn Mead. Welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's wonderful to be back this year on AV Week. Yeah, we say we say parts unknown. Technically, Dawn is in uh, you know the Maryland area, but we just can't say where she works. Somebody we can say where she works is Cassie Berger from Sure. Welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And last but not least, a young man who had me on his show, the poor guy, uh, Tim Van Ward from Rutgers. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Tim. Always a pleasure to, to be here and now to be on your show, which is a uh definitely a, a highlight for uh, for me well it was a highlight for me too and plus we got to be on on with joe way it was it was the christmas episode of the av life so you can go out and check that out uh, wherever you find your podcast it was it was a fun show yeah well, it definitely was and like i said it was great having you too like it was a long time coming <laughs> and i got to wear a blues jersey for for the devil's fan you know yeah you did i almost put on my jersey for today you i was should. like oh i should do that uh all right uh, first story comes to us from Sure. Really quickly, Sure is a sponsor, and, and not to be silly, but Cassie works for Sure. Sure has announced that the uh, that they have achieved official certification from Google Meet, the company's Microflex Advanced Ceiling Array microphones and USB audio interface, now ca- carries the "Works with Google" quote unquote seal of approval. According to Sure, the integrations ensure reliable flexible and consistent audio for hybrid meetings. Sure said the certifications were critical for seamless conferencing and collaboration with leading unified communications platform like Google Meet. Don, I'm going to start with you on this. Google Meet, I'm going to say, and this is Tim's opinion, right? And Tim's opinion is based, Tim Albright's opinion, there's too many Tims here. Albright's opinion based on industry data. Google's number three, right? You got Zoom, you got Teams, we can find about who's one and two. Google's number three. How many certifications do we expect microphone manufacturers, camera manufacturers, and all of these folks to have? Do we expect the big three? Do we expect the big two? Do we expect all 257 video uh, soft codecs? How many certifications do we expect? Well, it's like this. In my opinion, and this is, again, just Dawn's opinion, I don't expect necessarily any of them from the microphone manufacturers because if a product works, it works. If it's proven not to work, it doesn't work. It's one of those things that's neat to have and makes me feel a little bit better about picking them, saying that, okay, somebody already tested them and they're guaranteed to work. But just because they're guaranteed to work doesn't mean they're going to be guaranteed to work in my environment with my version of whatever platform we're using. Because depending on your vertical, 
some verticals, you can't use the same platform as the rest of the known world. And our, our networks are on much more secure lockdown kind of things. And things that work perfectly well in the normal world do not work in our world. So I don't necessarily go and, and say I am buying them strictly because they have that certification. It's a good shorthand. It tells me that it's been tested and should work. And if it doesn't work, then it's just the vagaries of the bizarre whatever world I'm living in. Um, or somebody set it up wrong. So, I mean, if I were still in the private sector, I would absolutely say, you know, at least the big three, I wouldn't go much beyond that. But for my purposes, as long as it works, it works. And between you and me and Cassie, we use the hell out of those MXAs. So, uh, all right. Van Wart, same question. When it comes to, to higher education, uh, or just your experience in general, how many, how many certifications, how many soft codex do we expect? Do you expect? the manufacturers, whether it's camera, microphones, or whatever, that are attaching to these soft codecs, how many uh, certifications do you expect them to go through? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I kind of echo what Don says is that, you know, if it works, it works. And especially when we're in, in my vertical, in the higher ed vertical, like, it's it's going to vary from, you know, from university to college to community college. And it's all going to matter uh, for their networks. A lot of our networks are, are older, less secure, or more secure, depending on who you got. Um, and budgetarily, it also matters too, but yes, it's a, it's a nice to have type of thing. And, and, you know, to, to put a little bit of a, another spin on it, I like having certifications from like outside groups that are not of those, like, you know, fine. It's, it's good to say zoom certified or, uh, you know, we're talking about Google meet, you know, it's, uh, you know, th those are nice, but like, you know, like a HETMA approved, uh, uh, <laughs> seal of approval is nice too uh and yeah i did that i did that tim i made a plug uh but uh it uh having those like kind of like outside groups have that seal of approval is also nice um i think the 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 individual soft codec uh approvals are nice for organizations that maybe they don't have the depth of av professionals that some of us do like maybe for some higher ed institutions it's nice because they're maybe they're a zoom campus and they know it's going to work with with that and they don't have the av team like you know i'm an in-house integrator as we like to say you know i have the team i have the knowledge base to be able to make the other pieces work but if you know i'm it director and i'm the the sole show runner you know and i don't have all the expertise if i know the short product's going to work with my Zoom room, then off I go. I'm going to go down that road because it has that seal of approval and it makes it easy. It, it, before I get to Cassie, really quickly uh, for both Tim and, and Dawn, it has been said to me by a number of manufacturers, not sure, not, not Cassie, so letting her off the hook on this one. The first two certifications, uh, I haven't dug it. I haven't gotten anybody to give me an, an official word on Google Meet certification, but to get Zoom certified, as of six months ago, it was you write a check and you send an email and boom, you're certified, right? I'm simplifying it here, kids, but that that li literally is, is is it. Microsoft, they want your firstborn. They want the product in-house. They want to run it through the rigors. So I, I would give a, a little bit more credence if it's Microsoft team certified, right? It's going to work with my, I know these folks take it to, to, you know, Washington and they put it in their rooms and they run it through the ringer to make sure it works. And if it doesn't, then they send it back to the manufacturer and they, they kind of get together and collaborate. Google, I have no vision of as of, as of this recording, uh, cause I, I have, I don't know a whole lot of people that have, have put it through Google meet. 
Um, so, you know, they're, they're, each certification is different. And, and to you know, play off of what Tim said, HEPMA certification is not you write a check and you send an email to HEPMA. HEPMA is you send them the stuff and they put it through the ringer, right? Yep. And then we also send back and tell you what you did wrong. And I will say manufacturers have been very good about fixing the things that we've sent back. So Cassie, a little bit different take on this uh, since you guys are the ones that, that had this. Why should users care, right? You've got two users here. You've got, you know, several listening here. Why should users care about the Google Meet certification if they don't use Google Meet? Users should care that the manufacturer is taking the appropriate steps to get certified to build strategic partnerships. I think to the end user, it tells them that they can hopefully feel confident in using our solutions since we've taken these steps and, and built these partnerships. So it's hopefully a bit of a peace of mind. Um, it separates us from competitors, hopefully in some sense. Uh, and I think the overall user experience that they can expect um, is improved. So that's kind of gives them a better experience using our devices, knowing that there is some level of security. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say, you know, I'm not you know, saying this because Cassie's here. Sure is one of the few that have come forward and said, hey, we are Google Meet certified, right? Again, I, I would say that it's a top three. You start getting into, I, I, I have yet to see, and somebody is, feel free to, to correct me here. I have yet to see like a WebEx certified device or a PEXIP certified device well i will say that i i've been based on because we're a cisco campus um the the experience is, is that if you're using webex you're using with cisco products like they're 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 not into that's just my observation is that and again this this is the other tim's opinion uh they, they very much want you to stay within the cisco environment um so they're i don't think they're looking to get that certification for the soft for the software piece because they just want you to stay in their their bubble Re really quickly now that they are opening up very slowly the zoom environment right with with cisco products i am going to be interested to see how that plays out because you're right tim they if you're in if you're in webex they expect you to use cisco you know cisco gear but as they're bringing in zoom i am going to be very interested to see how they how they play with that. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a slow process with anything coming from Cisco. Um, and again, my opinion, my observations, I'm not I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers here. But that that's just been the observation is that you request things and things take time. And, you know, and they're they're a corporate company. That's that's yeah. yeah. Hi, this is Jennifer Goodyear and Erica Carroll. From, from the, the Women, Women in, in AV, AV podcast, podcast, where we are encouraged by the incredible stories of women in AV. Listen in on fun, empowering conversations as we chat with inspiring women, breaking barriers, and creating their own path in the industry. Check out Women in AV on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Huge, huge numbers. All right, uh, next story comes to us from our friends at Samsung. Samsung AI phones. Give me a second here. There, there's a reason I'm, I'm bringing this up. Samsung announced this week. That Samsung's Samsung with smartphones with Samsung smartphones, easy for me to say, with enhanced artificial intelligence capabilities. I announced it this week uh, at its Galaxy Unpacked event. The Korean tech giant said that their new Galaxy AI, put that in quotes, will integrate AI features more deeply. 
than ever before into any mobile experience. The smart gadgets like the Rabbit R1 Assistant attract, attracting huge pre-orders um, coming out of CES. Uh, Samsung will be hoping to demonstrate that AI can meaningfully boost productivity and reduce phone tapping tedium for its Android faithful. Tim, we'll start with you on this. Not talking about smartphones here, but AI embedded in general. Where do we see AI being used in AV gear, in products uh, coming down the pipeline? I mean, I can see I can see AI being used in uh, almost a uh, an online, like a cloud-based, like keeping tab, tabs on your technology and things like that. Like I see this as a, a way, an opportunity to say, hey, okay, this projector is offline or like this one's been left on. Let me shut it off after, you know, I'm a little bit more advanced than just your standard no signal shut off. But it's like, oh, somebody turned on the projector at midnight. There are no classes scheduled in there. Let's fire it. Let's shoot this down and let's lock it up until 830 in the morning when the next class is supposed to be, you know, because I mean, I that, that that's an advantage I would see for like a higher ed vertical piece, um, you know, because there's been so many times we've seen that, you know, XYZ student is logged into a podium at one o'clock in the morning and they're blasting, uh, you know, top gun on the on the projectors and they're blowing out our speakers because, you know, they can get into a classroom and do that. Or, or the security guys are watching Maury at two o'clock in the morning. Not that that ever happened to me at the college I worked for. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, whatever else may be shown appropriate or not on the uh, the screens. Um, but yeah, I see it more for the monitoring piece um, and maybe more of a anticipation of faculty needs um, if, as they walk into a space. I mean, we can definitely utilize it in, that's, in that respect. And I know a lot of universities have started to use um, voice uh, activated type uh, systems to be able to do that and to be able to set up the room in the way that the faculty enjoys. Um, but if that could be something that could be learned over a semester um, or over multiple years of a faculty member teaching, that would be invaluable information. For All right. Cassie, same question is, where do you see AI being embedded into uh, gear? I'm not going to ask you to break any NDAs or, or tell, us, tell us anything that sure hasn't coming down the pipeline, but overarching right in the industry. I think we're going to see it pop up all over the place, but we have to differentiate between what type of AI you're talking about. Um, if you're talking about generative AI that's actually creating content, or you're talking about AI that's collecting data and using that data to output and help assist in either design or room configuration, um, turning rooms on, that type of thing. So the question is more, um, where do I see AI everywhere, but where do I see um, generative AI, fewer places? And I think the question we're gonna have to ask is how we can monitor secure security in this instance. Um, how do we look at uh, clean data being put into AI so we get clean data out of AI? Because before you start using AI provided information, you got to make sure it's clean going in. It's the right data that we're collecting because um, it's only as good as what we give it. So really quickly, before I get to Dawn, Cassie, you, you mentioned something that's very important there. How do we verify that or how do we make sure of that? Is that incumbent on 
the company that's making the products to make sure that the, the data is clean, the data is accurate? Or is that incumbent on the dealer? Is that incumbent on the user? Who, who is responsible for it in that chain, do you see? Well, that's the question, right? And there's no regulations in place right now that can watch that, that can protect it, that can um, monitor it. So when you're talking about phones using AI, first off, they already are, okay? These are already AI machines. Um, so I don't know if we're cashing in on, on making it a bigger thing than people realize it is already, but it can be used, it's gonna be used in a lot of ways and security needs to be of utmost importance here, um, especially when it comes to AV and who owns the data. We need to figure that out as well. Who owns that data? Where is it protected? Um, because it can be used in every way. And if you have AI tied to an AV system in your conference rooms and it's constantly listening, gathering information, how is that information gonna be used? All right, Don, Cassie actually just set up my next question very, very nicely. <laughs> what are the drawbacks? of implementing AI into AV gear? Well, I mean, like she said, security is a huge one, knowing when things are thinking or listening or taking care of, you know. Uh, um, I was going to say, to for my world, we're in a very strange space because on the one hand, anything AI that thinks for itself that we can't, like, examine and, and vet, we don't like. On the other hand, we are pushing the envelope constantly as a company in putting AI into products that we make, for instance, or making chips that allow AI or researching the security and beefing up that. I mean, we have entire thousands of people that work for us that work on cybersecurity and security issues. So we're kind of in that weird space that what we can get away with putting it in our own spaces is different from what we may be incorporating and using in customer spaces or worldwide spaces as we, as we go. Um, pu purely from an AV front, um, Cassie did say it, you know, it's all about the security. It's all about making sure we can maybe turn it off, turn it on or restrict its limits so that we can, or, or, or even just go in and read the data that it's collected and how it's thinking before we can either shut it down or encourage it, you know? Um, but like Tim said, you know, it can be very useful for some of the monitoring, some of the tracking. If you're in a company like ours, where you have tens of thousands of people as employees, and a dozen AV people for the corporation were a little bit overworked. So if we have something that's a tool that can sit there and say, this is how the company wants rooms to operate, let's make it operate at that base level and we'll bring the techs in to fix physical real world things or things that are outside of this usual, that frees up a lot of our time to do things like that, where the computer can integrate some of the already existing macros and self-healing that some of our monitoring systems are incorporating these days, put in that AI element on top of it and allow the AI to learn, hey, this is so-and-so's conference room and they're at their voice, they prefer the volume at this, they prefer this lighting, they prefer, you know, without having to sit there and attach it to a key fob the way we did with some of the control systems in the past or something like that. So I see a lot of promise. I know right now our very, very small AV team loves some of the cameras and some of the steerable mics that incorporate AI that don't require one of us to drop everything we're doing and go babysit a meeting to switch cameras or to, you know, dumb down the switching of cameras from camera A to B or however using presets. If if we have a computer that learns how to do that and can do it well, that's going to save us so much time. 
And frankly, at the rate we hire people, it's not like we're taking anyone's job because they're just not hiring anyone for them. So yeah, I think it has a lot of promise. There are just, you know, like the security concerns and who's watching the watcher, who's listening to the listener. Ooh, I like that. All right. Uh, final story. Uh, A10 and Netgear are joining forces on AV streaming. A10, the Taiwan-based Taiwan manufacturer of connectivity gear, has partnered, announced a partnership with Netgear to develop combined solutions for streaming audiovisual content over IP networks. Collaboration aims to simplify the deployment of digital signage, control rooms, other applications by integrating their expertise across software switching and transmission uh a10's uh trumpeted benefit uh benefits like stable performance easy uh man management tools and the backing of both firms global service networks the deal originated in taiwan between netgear's local distributor and a10 but the firm's plan to take the solutions global to meet rising demand for av over ip cassie i'm going to start with you and and here's the thing a10 is a taiwan-based company they're partnering with a U.S.-based company. I will st start here. This is not a political discussion, right? Taiwan has got its own issues, and it's in, in the midst of geopolitical hubbub. Not the place for this conversation, all right? However, it does beg the question. You've got a university person here, and you got somebody that works very, very close to Washington, D.C., and that's where the Department of Defense and other government places when you're talking to your customers, Cassie, and you're talking to the end users, how important is it where your products are made or where the HQ is for the company of, of origin? I mean, you're talking about an industry where many manufacturers manufacture overseas, um, whether it's Asia, whether it's um, in Mexico. Um, and honestly, I think it's less relevant um, as we focus more on the technology and strategic partnerships like we talked about earlier. I think um, as long as the products communicate and operate the way that we anticipate them to, um, it, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. It needs to be TAA compliant. Uh, that's a big question we get is which products are TAA compliant um, and as long as they check certain boxes for certain applications and requirements, then they care more about the ease of use, the deployment, how how the solution works, and less where it's built um, or where that partnership was established. Uh, but, you know, it does, it will put limitations, I'm sure, on government applications and on some education applications. So that's going to be a consideration. And I'd be curious to see uh, what other manufacturers with similar products and similar solutions uh, introduce in the next two years um, in align with this in alignment. All right, Don, you're, you're sitting at a crossroads here, both <laughs> as an integrator as, as well as an end user. How important is it, you know, TIA compliance, certainly, but other factors work in as well. How important is it where the company is or where the product is being made? Phenomenally, wildly beyond importance. It is the basically one of the number one considerations. Um, one of the first things we do when we get new products to be approved for use at our company, we need, are you TAA compliant? Do you have country of origin certifications? Um, in the case of at least one manufacturer that we're friendly with, that we've worked with at AV Nation over the years, half of their products are made in their country, half of their products are made in China. 
I had to get a skew listing of every product that they made and which country it's from to know, can I use this switcher here or can I not use the switcher? So we can use about uh, four ninths of their product line or something like that. Like we can't really use everything that they have. And if they don't have something that we can use in a particular space, you know, and the other, the other question is how secure of a requirement do you have? Some of my spaces, we can use almost anything. You can almost, almost, but not go to Walmart and pick up a display and use it in some of our spaces. Other spaces, oh my goodness, you have to build it in the building <laughs> to be able to use it in there. So, you know, there's a lot of considerations we require. Um, all of the vendors that work with us, they're used to filling out scads of paperwork. I'm constantly bothering them and, uh, you know, quizzing people at, at length at Infocom. Where are you? Where are you from? Who owns you? Who, who are you partners with? Who? At one point, we actually had, and this was before I worked where I work now, uh, when I was just an integrator in the greater DC area, we had a customer asking us what shipping company was used from the display manufacturer because their federal requirements wanted to make sure they were in compliance with the anti-human trafficking measures that were put into place. Wow. So we had to get, I had to call up the company be like, what shipping company do you use? Or do they adhere to DFAR, blah, blah, blah. And they, they, there was just crickets on the phone. So it's, it's so, especially in the DC area, like I am, you will get all kinds of crazy questions, but short version, I'm excited for a 10. They're great guys. I would love to see the expanded or the, the improved product lines that are coming from this little merger. There's partnership, but I would also need a very detailed listing of what is made where and if it is approved before I can use it in most of my spaces. Really quick side question on this, Don, or follow-up. Is it simply country of origin where the product is manufactured or is it also the country of origin for the chipsets that are being put into the products? So this is a question I actually get a lot, believe it or not. Um, and the answer is it depends. We can have things okay. that go through our complete vetting process for the company overall, but if a specific customer of ours or a specific program or a specific building requirement for what they're doing in this little tiny spot has higher stringent, more stringent standards, we can have something that's approved for use every other place in our company, but we can't use it there because it doesn't meet their standards. I mean, at this point, I'm looking for options that don't even use HDMI people want, I think it's DVI because, or, or something, because that's not proven to leak data out that ends the term. They read some scientific style. I, I kid or you SDI. not when some of these customers, they go a little overboard, but. All right. Then what you'll have the last word on this. How important it is in the world of higher education when it comes to where this stuff is made, where the headquarters is for the companies that, that oversee them. I was going to say, so it's, from my, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been burned and I'm not going to mention the manufacturer, but I think everyone knows when it came to security pop problems with certain network switches, um, we did get burned on that once. Um, and, uh, but in all integrations and stuff like that, that we've done across various campuses over the years, it, it doesn't really matter. Now, having a partnership with a US based company does provide a little bit of comfort. Uh, you know, Netgear, which we're, we're been a proud supporter of Netgear over the years um, for their network switches, uh, aside from that one project uh, that we got burned on. Um, 
we, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you have a solid company in that. And then A10 has their own foot already in the door as well. So you're talking to reputable companies that, you know, I feel like that they're not, there would not be a concern in that, in that area. Um, but having said that too, there are, there are definitely grants and different qualifications that do depend on that level of detail as to where does the technology come from? It's like some, some courses, like if it's an ROTC or something like that, they cannot happen in a room that has certain product in it. Um, so there, there's definitely very specific instances, but for the most part, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. And we really, we just want a solid product that works, um, that can hold up to a five to seven plus year life cycle. And, you know, that's, that's really what I'm after. Alrighty. Good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Dawn Mead, again, can't say where she works, but how can people get a hold of you or connected with you if they can still do that, Ms. Mead? They can always find me on all of the socials at avdawn. You can find me on AV Nation as much as Tim and the gang will let me show up these days. And I know ISC is only in a couple of days. I will not be there, sadly. However, it's never too early to start plugging Infocom. And uh, rumor has it I will be working on quite a few classes or at least, you know, being a presence at the show this year. So if you don't, if I don't find you first, find me at the show and I'd love to chat. All right. Very good. Cassie Berker. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or Shore? You can always visit our website, sure.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Cassie Berger. You can shoot me an email at burgerc at sure.com. And I will not be at ISC. I will be at NAM, as well as uh, NSCA and a few other um, events and, and definitely Infocom. So come find me at the booth. Right, very good. Uh, Mr. Van Wart, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you? All right. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Tim Van Wert. Uh, you could also find me on uh, Twitter at T Van Wert. Uh, you can also find me on the AV Life podcast, where I am the host. Uh, and that could be uh, www.theavlife.com, uh, which also is higheredav.com. Uh, so uh, you can find me there uh, every week. Uh, we have our podcast. Uh, I'm also a proud member of HETMA, so that's why I brought that up uh, earlier, uh, the Higher Education Technology Managers Alliance. So that's a, a mouthful. That's why we like HETMA. Um, and uh, we've got a couple of things coming up uh, as well. Uh, we will, HETMA as an organization will be at ISE, so you can find us out there. Uh, find uh, Joe Way and uh, Aaron Ma Moran and uh, all of our fun uh, crew out there. Um, and, uh, you can find us at hetma.org, uh, and, uh, for all of the higher education folks that are out there, it's a free organization to join in. Uh, and, uh, we also have a great, uh, program with Aurora, uh, right now. Uh, they have, uh, generously donated $6.6 .6 million worth of equipment that we are helping to distribute to institutions in need in the, uh, United States area. Um, so look at higheredav.com uh, for, for that information. Uh, we also have our PRISM scholarship for our, as part of our DEI initiative. So if you are in higher ed and you fall into those categories and you're looking for a VIXA training, CTS training, please apply. We will be giving out 10 scholarships for that. It also includes a trip to Infocom where I will be at that. So, uh, and, uh, just there's a lot of stuff going on, Tim. I could take up a whole show of yours just talking about what we're doing. So 
It's a lot of good stuff, though. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll miss Mr. Van Wart, but we'll get to hang out with uh, your Hetma comrades uh, in, in Barcelona. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters or LinkedIn or anyplace else. It's not very interesting. Uh, but go by the website, if you would, please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including Aaron Maimaran's uh, EdTech uh, program. A couple cool things happening uh, immediately. Uh, actually, as we're recording this, first and foremost, we come up with a new program uh, at Aviation called Aviation Icons. Britt Yenzer from Moravian University. She's our first icon. So you can go right right now and go check out the great article. I didn't write it, so I can say it's great uh, that we uh, we put up about her. A couple of cool pictures. Uh, I I know that James King is coming down the pipeline because I got to take his picture in in, uh, in Vegas uh, while I was out there so for CES. Some really really great folks coming down the pipeline. So we'll do once a month. Uh, but check out AB uh, AB Nation icons uh, on the website. Also, the AB Nation Readers Choice Awards is happening currently. As we speak, it is the last week. Uh, it ends at nine o'clock central, as long as I figure out the time zone, because I'm the one that has to turn it off. Uh, nine o'clock central PM on the 31st of January. I will be in Barcelona. I got to figure out how to turn it off, uh, but I'll figure that out. Uh, sure is up for an award still. There's a lot of great, great folks that are up. And we've got a knockdown drag out fight uh, in the, uh, the AV Nation uh, AV uh, person of the year. If at Chaudhry uh, from Involve and from uh, the London. She is up against uh, our old friend Chris Netto uh, from AV and the AM. So check that out. Vote. Uh, as we say in Illinois, vote early and vote often. Uh, but you can vote as many times as you'd like. Just hit for Fred. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Um, but yeah, that ends up on the 31st. And speaking of ISE, we are going. Uh, we'll be there for the entire week uh, covering the show floor. And of course, since we're going, there is a tweet up on the 30th of January from 4 to 6 CET, so 4 to 6 local time, uh, brought to you by HD Base T and the commercial integrator 40 under 40. It is at the HD Base T booth, but you can register for that at avnation.tv. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.